and we're listening to the scanner and they they're like full attack on clear point 500 block of clear point we live in the 600 block of clear point whatever happens you can't control what happened right all you can control is like what do you do from here are you going to let it crumble you and ruin the rest of your day the rest of your week the rest of your life but at a certain point you do also have to take charge of your life and say like is this going to defeat me or not watch this watch this watch this watch this yo 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 what is going on everybody this is tony flow you listen to morning joe with tony flow you know what we do here hey again another special treat we got this uh i, I say evening because we are recording in the evening because we are schedules the way they line up but you know we got a special treat one of my good long friends has a tremendous story and also has a a little bit of a devastating story too that i want to get into because he had some obstacles some crazy obstacles he had to get over uh to overcome that kind of stuff and i know that he's not the only one that has had to face similar obstacles so we're going to dive into his story my good friend jimmy miller is going to come in here but you know how we do this we do the intro music first so cue the intro here we go baby All right, all right, all right. My good friend, Jimmy Miller. What is going on, my man? What's up, brother? Man, finally was able to get our schedules to line up. We've been working on this for weeks now. Work and family and previous engagements, all these things just prevented it, but we finally got this going. I'm proud. I'm happy, man. I'm excited. I'm stoked because you got, I mean, and I only know like what, maybe half of the story because we met. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe even that. We met in high school. So there's definitely a life before that. <laughs> and so, 100%. Uh, and uh, I mean, we were close as heck in high school. Um, did, gosh, almost had every weekend together, probably pretty darn close. Um, yeah, for sure. Football, all, all kinds of sports, actually. Um, so yeah, we definitely have had a close relationship. But there is more to the story that I'm unaware of. So I'm going to be learning as well as the listeners here. So. Yeah, man. Tell us. Uh, so, so where where were you born and raised? Give give us start from the get go. Start from the yeah, get go. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, anybody that knows me lo- uh, knows that I love talking and telling stories. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys all know that. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was funny because whenever we first started talking about this, like um, I don't know, it was after your last visit, I think. So mm. a, a month That's or right. more, something like that. Um, yeah, it was funny because I was like, so like, what do we talk about? Like my story and how I am from, like where I'm from. And you're like, yeah, like, wait, you're not from Ventura. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm <laughs> it's not. Like, uh, that's, that's the point for me. I was like, man, I think I'm a bad friend. I don't, <laughs> I didn't. No, I mean, I honestly, that. like, I mean, I know I think you're from Ventura, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I guess like Clark's from Michigan, obviously. I think Henry's from Ventura. Connor's from like Tehachapi, I believe, no, in that area. He's from, dude. He's just a, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who's Connor? But honestly, uh, I mean, I'm, I say I'm from Ventura, except for technically speaking, I'm not because I was born in San Bernardino, um, which is Inland Empire, like if you're not familiar with mm. SoCal. Um, and so I was born in San Bernardino in a hospital that I actually just drove by a few weeks ago. Um, oh. And then I lived in Fontana until I was. I think three or four, I want to say like 90s. I want to say I was probably four, maybe pushing five. 
Um, born in 93, and I think we moved there in like 97-ish. Okay. Um, so we'll just say four. But, you know, and that's why I say I'm from Ventura because I have very limited memory <laughs> from there. Fontana. Um, Anything to do out in Fontana? Dude, honestly – no. Yeah, I the it's, only thing I know about it is that there's a Walmart distribution center there because I was looking at massive. Yeah. I think there's Amazon one too. Probably. I know that Amazon was putting some of their DCs close to Walmart's at one point yeah. in time. But anywho, yeah. I yeah. mean, honestly like I've uh so my dad's side of the family is from there and like still lives there. Um oh, okay. so like yeah, so my grandma is out in San Bernardino, my uh grandpa who just passed away like last month from my dad's side, oh, um, which is why that. I was out there. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all good. He lived till he was like 84, 85 or whatever, and didn't live, live the healthiest lifestyle in my opinion. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he outkicked his coverage, There you go. but, uh, but <laughs> it's all longer. good. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, we would visit out there every once in a while. And like, every time I go out there, I'm just so thankful that like we made it out of there because it's, it's pretty bad, dude. Like, I don't really know what to compare it to out here because um, it's it's definitely a different demographic, but mm. uh, it's ve- it's a lot of low income, a lot of crime, and I mean honestly, like my life would just be insanely different Way if different, I didn't get right? out of there. Yeah, I mean the opportunities um, out there, there's just not many of the opportunities that I would get here, right? So. Um, yeah, basically what happened is I lived out there with my parents, right? And my brother, who is technically my half-brother, same mom, different dads, except for, you know, he lived with my family since he was four. You know, my dad is his dad, right? Okay. Like he called him yeah. dad. You know, my dad treated him and as if, it, you know, Bro, there was nothing different and, about it. Like, and to and the, I forget about that, dude. Like, and to that, like I saw no sort of different treatment by any means right. when I was around. So I, d- I totally yeah. wouldn't have known. No, absolutely. And it's funny because I actually don't, I, I forget about it. I forget that we're half brothers until, until like you really think so you about actually it. go through it. Right. No, until like, until this moment, right. Like yeah. until it comes up in a conversation and then I'm like, Oh, that's right. He's my half brother. But it's like, it's, not like that at all, you know? Right. Um, but so what happened is like, yeah, we lived out there. It's definitely a sketchy area. My one memory I will say is, uh, there was a pack of Pomeranians, um, that, okay. In my memory, that's already crazy. I I swear. No, I swear (laughs) that there was like six of them in my memory, but apparently (laughs) there was like three and the kids that lived in the cul-de-sac that we used to like play with were my brother's age. He's four years older than me. And, um, they let them loose on me. Like, you know, there's those little yapping dogs. They chased me down the street and I was like booking it. And my dad was like, that's when I knew that you were going to be athletic because you were three years old. Booking it down the street. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, honestly, that's probably the only memory I have there. Um, I mean, I've, my mom has told me stories of like, we're playing in the front yard and she's watching us and there was a high school down the street and you know, like a car goes by and they're passing a shotgun up to the front seat. And she just like grabs us and runs runs inside. Um, yeah, so not not a good area by any means. Rough, but rough. Yeah, so what happened is my mom's dad, Grandpa Rex, who you definitely met quite yes, a few times, I did. Um, lived here in Ventura, up on the hill in Clearpoint, and he, uh, I want to say at the time he was probably like sixty five, and yeah, actually exactly sixty five. He was born in thirty two, and. 
so my grandma, my mom's mom who lived here in Ventura came down with lung cancer and she's straight out of Japan. Oh, wow. She's a hundred percent Japanese. Her name is Shizio Kazazaki. My grandpa's name is Rex Wallen. He's the redhead. Which is where I got the red hair from. Crazy. Um, Wait, how did yeah, that, so, hold on. How did that, how did that conspire? How, that, how did that happen? So I'm a little unclear on the exact story, but I think that, so my grandpa was in the Navy. He was a sonars man. Okay. Right. So they travel and I think that they met sometime when he was in the Navy. That would make so sense. He was, yeah. I, ha- and I then, have a pair of grandparents or great grandparents. I should say that met similar way. And I think it was kind of a strange arrangement too. It wasn't like some super um, natural, like met and fell in love right away type of situation. <laughs> like I don't even, it was just like a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but whatever, they end up getting married. Um, grandpa then went into the oil industry and made uh, pretty solid money. Uh, and my grandma is, was, uh, she would do like a, she was a day trader oh. um, on, for wall street, but like, obviously lived oh. in Ventura and this is back before like you didn't have Robin Hood, right? Like you couldn't <laughs> yeah. just go on her phone and like trade stuff. So that easy. She used to That's just crazy. watch the stock market all day. Like, you know, as it was open, this and is then what, like 19, 19, maybe around 1960 ish, 1955 ish, maybe. Um, well probably when, uh, I think that for my mom's recollection is probably more when my mom was in high school, which is like eighties, okay. eighties right? like that. Yeah, late seventies, early eighties. That's still but she, crazy. Yeah, I mean, she was just charting stocks on a uh, paper, right, and like Dang. keeping track of it and oh, making gee. good money. Yeah, right. So, um, but she's hundred percent Japanese, right? So I'm a quarter Japanese. Um, so, anyways, that's Grandpa's house. Grandma passes away from lung cancer. She was a lifetime cigarette smoker. Um, so when that happens, my grandpa is like hey you know like i'm 65 um you guys are out in not the greatest area like what if you come live with me and uh you know because it's a four-bedroom house it would have just been him there alone that doesn't sound very fun um and he's like and as i get older you can take care of me so of course we jumped at the chance another memory i have is just being in the u-haul on the way here because like i don't know i loved riding in trucks and stuff so (laughs) for some reason i remember that but so anyways, grandpa moves us in with him. Um, like, and honestly that sets the path, I guess, for my life to where I am now, like without that happening, dude, I never know you. I never know Connor. Right. I never know Henchy. I don't know <clears throat> anybody, bro. Like my life is so different. So, um, that opportunity that we were blessed with and like my grandpa is just the most gracious, like nicest guy ever. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It just set up the path for like mine and my brothers and my parents and the rest of our lives. Um, that's crazy. And you know that like, <clears throat> like I've talked about before, like in a couple of my episodes, like how interesting it is, how the decisions that like our parents made, grandparents, I mean, generations before us, right. How like decisions that they make and, and the events, investments that they make, how they affect generations after them. Right. Like oh, how, absolutely. how like your, your, uh, grandfather, your grandmother, like how they were able to, for one, their, 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 uh, how they were working, what they did, right. Able to, uh, save for a house in, in an ideal spot in Ventura. Now it's still an right. ideal spot. <clears throat> and that investment in saying, Hey, I, we have a house 
now that's big enough for you guys to come up too, you know, and, mm-hmm. and now there's even more room. I don't want to be lonely. I mean, your grandfather, right, with the circumstances. And, right. And that one, just that one offer, you know what I mean, to your mom completely changed your life. Absolutely, which, you know, in turn, as you think generationally, affects my life and then will, you know, also affect trickle down kids. Right. Right. And so it just goes on and on. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, very blessed. Like I would I would say so. Grandpa Rex passed away in 2020. Yeah. Like in like June, I think, of 2020. So semi recently. Right. And I mean, that was tough because. Uh, I mean, I lived with him, right, for yeah. like 24 years or whatever. And like growing up, it was like, you know, parents are at work and, you know, can't take me to baseball practice or whatever, which, you know, didn't happen often. But certain things like that, like Grandpa Rex was there and like more than willing to do anything, right? Like, so not only was he the reason why I am where I am now, like, or, you know, his opportunity that he presented us with, um, you know, he was like very active in our lives. Like he yeah. came to every baseball game, basketball, soccer, football. That's like awesome. He lived for it, dude. That's awesome. I remember him always being, I mean, I, I remember him always being like with your family, like all the time, you know what I mean? Like, 100%, yeah. and that was awesome. I mean, especially from like my family, my family, like just to compare, like my family was separated when I was young. Cause my mom had me when she was like 15. Right. So yeah. my mom and dad were, separated ever since I could remember and like the just the like the stress of like going to this house and having these friends and then going to that house and having those friends and like how hard it is for like I, I didn't have my my I would say my my parents were at every game that they could be at but probably like 80% of them right they're there like for more right more than half of them but um but for you to be for for you to have a grandfather that is that active in your life for that long, like that's <laughs> awesome, man. That's really cool. Yeah, it was it was a blessing, a hundred percent. Like I was actually just talking about this the other day, but he would like go. Um, he would be like, "Let's play catch with a baseball." And nice. I was like twelve, bro, and like I at that point, like I'm you know I'm twelve, but I'm throwing pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. And he would go out in the backyard, and he wouldn't use a glove. He would oh. like, literally not want to use a glove. <laughs> and Rex like, is the man. <laughs> dude, I would just be like slow tossing it to him, right? And he's like, throw it. And I'm like, you don't have a glove on. He's like, throw it. I don't care. I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> just start hucking at him. And, and then he would like catch it and, and like be like, ow. But then he would just like never just stop. Just like you nothing, know? Like, huh? It's just old school, you know? That's oh, dude. Goes, but. but that's awesome. Like, I, that's definitely like, that's so cool. Yeah. It's just like an example of like how like the mentality was just different. It was like, ah, that hurt. Absolutely. I'm having a great time. <laughs> Dude, he would like literally like dislocate a finger and be like, ouch. And then like, put it back in. <laughs> or like, oh, I, I remember love it. Uh, there'd be like these little uh, gnarly spiders that we had actually. Um, these red fuzzy butt spiders that they hurt and they jumped. And he oh, would like shoot. pick it up in his hand and then it would bite him. And he'd be like, ah, it got me. <laughs> So he's he's kind of like Clark in that way where you're like, Ooh, yeah, a little booger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, of course, the guy with a spider. And he's like, oh, darn. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you're crazy, bro. <laughs> like, we wouldn't even think about doing that. You're like, yeah, I'm not touching that. No, thing. Yeah. That's it's funny. just old school, right? Like yeah. you said, it's a different mentality. That is so cool. It's just tough. Grandpa Rex, man. That's that, also, that's a cool name. Like, 
oh, that's Grandpa Rex. You know, that's an old school name too, <laughs> that's, right? That's like, awesome. You don't see it very much. Anymore. Everything about him is that's so cool. So you moved. Okay, so you moved from Fontana to Ventura. What's yeah. next? What happens next? Um, I mean, you know, like we uh, financially, my parents and like our immediate family certainly not in any situation to afford a house in Ventura or any kind of rent in Ventura, even at the time, right? Like rent now and stuff is crazy, obviously. But right. uh, even at the time, like my mom was not working. My dad was, you know, making 30 grand, maybe, maybe a little less, right? With yeah. two kids, you know, our cars, I think my mom drove like my grandma's old car that we got for free, but it was like a, I don't know. It's like an older a, car. Or, early nineties Toyota Corolla. It worked, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and then my dad drove like an old Astro van that didn't even have seats in the back. There was a bean bag and we just kicked it back there. Like <laughs> seriously, so cool. like we, uh, we, we just weren't in a good financial position at all. Um, especially to be living in Ventura in a place that had like a little bit higher cost of living than what we thought, uh, or than what we were accustomed to back in San Bernardino. <laughs> but, um, so, but the cool thing about that is like, even as kids in that, fa in our family, like we didn't feel it too much. Like, yeah, there were definitely times like, you know, we go to a store and be like, me and my brother would be like, oh, we want this or we want that. And it's like, no, we can't afford it. No, we mm. can't afford it. No, we can't afford it. But as far as sports and activities, like there was no, that never held us back there. It was like, you know, no we would spend all them, not at all. That was like, my parents knew that like, that was important for many reasons, um, which I agree with them. Now looking back, you know, right. sports sets up a lot of characteristics in a young person that I think can carry on through the rest of their life. 100%. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we didn't go on vacations. I went on one vacation ever and it was, uh, paid for by my grandpa. Um, <laughs> and but other than that, yeah, like I've, I've never been to Disneyland still. Um, you've never been to Disneyland. <laughs> I know, dude. Are you joking it's crazy. me? No, oh, I'm dude, when I'm, when I'm out there next, it sounds like I have to take you. I mean, that's dude, my I son's four years like... old. He's been, or well, he's six now, but at four years old, he went to Disneyland. Yeah, I, I get dude. it. That's normal. Oh, no. <laughs> I get it. Oh, no. But it's, and, and I don't know, that was just normal to me, right? Like, it's not like I was like, oh, I want to go to Disneyland so bad. I was yeah, just like, yeah, like, it's what it is. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, I'd yeah. rather play baseball and <laughs> football and whatnot, you know? Right. I'd rather us have money for that. So, um, Crazy. That's what it was, um, you know, and then I, so I go to Poinsettia Elementary, Cabrillo Middle School, Ventura High School, where I meet all of you fools, um, <laughs> and then after that, go to Cal Lutheran, which, again, I mean, I got a, a fair amount of academic scholarship there, um, thankfully, and so that helped out quite a bit on tuition because it's not a cheap school. Um, but yeah. then grandpa had a grandpa had a college fund that um, helped us out wow. for That's that. Awesome. Um, so it's a private yeah, school, right? It is. It's a private um, Lutheran school in, in Thousand Oaks. Um, yeah, I know the cost so yeah, of those I mean, things. I went to a private Christian school, and it's not cheap, even it doing online. Not cheap. <laughs> Dude, nothing's cheap there. The air in the dorm rooms costs to breathe. Like <laughs> two like cents a breath. Cheap. Yeah. So um It's funny. My Alexa's going off. Um but <laughs> uh yeah, so then from there I graduated and uh I went I studied film and TV production because 
that was what I was most interested in at the time. And I hate math. I hate science. <laughs> and I was like, what topic or what major has like the least math? And I was like, oh, ah, perfect. Here we go. Communications. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, yeah, but I'm also interested in it because of this com, right? Mm. Um, and so I was like, yeah, let's do that. So I did that, graduated in four years somehow. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> went, uh, you know, after that, I was kind of just chilling, you know, like you're 22 out of college and you're like, you know, what's next? Like, I'm not super passionate about anything right now. So <laughs> I, um, you know, but I always was just like, I, I don't know. I want to make money. I want to be successful. I want to do certain things in my life, but right. I don't all know the, the path that I'm going to take. All the typical aspirations of a 22 year old fresh out of college. Right. So then I, I worked at, you know, was just working like at a restaurant and actually a podcast studio at the time. And then, um, is that the two trees yeah. podcast? No, that was, we had that going, but that was just what we did for fun. The one I was working at was in, um, Westlake and it was called the digital buzz, I think. And it was like pretty nothing any of us would probably be interested in. (laughs) It was all about like the market and like the newest camera technology. And like, it's all about digital media and like the newest technology Mm -hmm. and stuff. So it was whatever. I was like a PA on the set and would set up the set and, you know, be there and handle stuff that needed to be handled. So it was just kind of cool to like see that side of it, I guess. For sure. Um, But you know, it wasn't going to be a career. And then I got offered a job, our buddy Dylan Lowen actually, I was playing at a basketball league in Ohio and he like walks by one day I'm there with Connor and he's like, Hey, uh, we're, um, do you remember Jake Logston? Do you I? Him? He played, he was the quarterback for Nordoff when they beat us senior year. Mm. Sad game, but the sad I got, game. A, got a concussion. I don't, <laughs> I know. I, that's right. You did. <laughs> Dang. That was a, that was a nice rivalry game, but no, I do not know him. Okay. So, I'm sitting there with him. Dylan goes, Hey, we're hiring at BMW. You should come apply. And I was like, nah. And then on the way home, (laughs) Uh (laughs) on the way home, Connor was like, he's like, Hey, you should, uh, you should look into that. Like you like cars, you're good talking personality wise. Like you'd probably like it and you do well. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't, it doesn't feel like me. (laughs) And then, so I go home, I'm living with my parents at the time and I'm like, Hey, so this happened, like, you know, they're hiring at BMW and both my parents are like, you should definitely do it. Like you would love it. You love cars, great product, et cetera. And again, I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I realized that like this guy that I played baseball with was a sales manager there. So I hit him up and he's like, yeah, please come in and interview. So I do get hired, um, exp- you know, and it was the first job I had had where it was like, the effort that you put in is what you get out. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah I yeah. never, I'd never been in a situation like that. Like a big boy as, job. Right. And, but also sales is something that like the extra time you put in and the extra effort is going to pay you more. Like it's going to pay off. Yeah. Um, as long as you have some talent, right. And you're learning. <laughs> right. And, um, so I learned really quick and I worked really hard and then I moved up and, uh, uh, do really well there. Um, and it's fun. Like there's never a day that I, I go to work where I'm like, I hate this. Right. Like I'm never, <laughs> yeah. there's never a day where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go to work right now. Like, yeah. Would I rather be surfing or golfing or something? hundred percent. But 
you know, I'm not professional on either of those two. So it's like, I, <laughs> not unfortunately, yet. not ever, <laughs> not ever, but, uh, I can dream, but, um, yeah. And so it's something that, you know, allows me to live like a, I think a pretty decent life and, um, and I enjoy, and I, I love all the people for the most part that I work with. I have fun yeah. on a daily basis. So that's where I'm at right now. I bought a condo, moved out while we were in the rental house. And then here I am. Ah, so you mentioned rental house. So we had mentioned prior, right? We mentioned previously how your father, or sorry, not your father, but your grandfather, Grandpa Rex, right? He had a, asked you guys to move into that four bedroom and it wasn't a rental. Um, that was something that was a family home. something that you, Correct. you guys all grew up in. And yeah. It's, um, you know, I, and I, this is one of the things I wanted to really bring out in our conversation because it's definitely something that I think everybody at one way, one way, shape or form, right. They, they go through some, something devastating that happens in their life. And so that house, that childhood house that you grew up in, that we hung out in, that all of our friends hung out in, spent hours playing call of duty in <laughs> oh, um, all kinds of stuff right that we that we uh did in that house and and near that house um and that childhood house actually burned down in that infamous thomas fire that happened yeah. back in uh 2018 or well it started 2017 17. yeah it started yeah. in 2017 went through to December 2018 4th. so right. so and for those of you who don't who don't know who aren't familiar with ventura so um, it engulfed Ventura County, not just Ventura, but Ventura County in flames all over the place. Um, it lasted from December 2017 to March 2018. It cost $2.2 billion of destruction, <laughs> of pure destruction, right? Burned over 280,000 acres of land. It burned over 1,000 buildings. And uh, one article said that by January 2nd, 2018, the Thomas Fire had cost over $204 million to fight and had forced over 104,000 residents to evacuate. At its height, the Thomas Fire saw over 8,500 firefighters uh, mobilized to fight it, which is the largest mobilization of firefighters for combating any wildfire in California history. So a massively destructive fire and it took away your childhood home take us through your emotions while this is all going on um so it was so i'll tell you i mean it's one of those things that uh like a tragedy that you i I feel like you grow up thinking like how am i going to react in those situations right because it is a reality of life right people are going to die yeah, things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. And me, like I've, I lived a super blessed life where in the back of my head, I always thought like, you know, nothing like really adverse has happened to me. Like my parents are still together. My family's um, healthy. Like we have enough to like live happily right now. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't have that much to complain about at all. And I always kind of worried about that because I was like, how am I going to uh, respond in the face of adversity because it's bound to happen, right? It's just life. Mm-hmm. And the craziest part is um, the night before the fire, I remember um, being home after work and I was like in the shower and I was literally washing my, ha- my hair and I, I had that thought of like, which I had had, you know, a couple times over the years where I'm like, 
dude, nothing like bad, that bad has happened to me. Like I'm scared for how I'm going to react when it does, because it's going to. And I was just like, I don't know, you know? So, um, then fast forward to the next night I'm at work and, um, I'm at BMW at this point. So this is, uh, December 4th of 2017. And my manager, Ponch, who lived in Santa Paula at the time, mm. he goes, he's FaceTiming his wife who's back at home. And he goes, uh, he's like, check this out. There's a, there's like, you see red glow. He's like, there's a fire in Santa Paula. And I was like, mm, okay. All right. Yeah. Like yeah. whatever. Right. Right. So I, um, don't, my mom's trying to call me decline. Um, sorry, mom. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> So we're in a precious uh, moment right now. Mom. Doesn't she know? <laughs> um, so then I go home and I'm driving. So my work is in Camarillo, right? So I would take the 101 that night. I took the 101 all the way down to like uh, Johnson and get off on, you know, go the Kimball route up to my house. Right. As I'm going on the 101, I'm like looking uh, against the hillside and I'm like, dang, like, that glow looks like it's getting closer, you know, to Ventura. Yeah. yeah. And, and then my boss Ponch was like, he texted me or he's like calling me. He's like, dude, this thing's spreading. Like it's coming your way. And this is probably like, I don't know, seven or 8 PM at night, probably like 8 PM at night. And I get home and the wind was crazy that night. Um, you were not in Ventura that night. Right. Okay. So the wind was insane and it was just like December. It gets really dry here. Um, and you get those Santa Ana's that rip through and it's like, dude, one spark is kind of just light everything up. So, right. um, I get home and I take a shower and I come outside, I eat some dinner. And at that point, my mom is on the phone with like one of the parents from her uh, preschool that she teaches at, who's a firefighter. And he is like, he's saying, Hey, it's coming your way really fast. Um, you guys need to get stuff ready. And, you know, at this point we've lived up there for 24 years and we've seen fires, right? Yeah. We've been close to being evacuated, but we never have been evacuated. And where, I mean, you know where our house is at, but so we are not completely, we're not directly backed up against any brush. Like there's no exposed brush that is backed up to our house. So from the direction that the fire was coming, it was burning in a northward like direction coming from Santa Paula to Ventura and it had to go through the first line of houses in order to get to us is what we thought. Right. So we're like, you know, we're fine. So I remember at this time I had, um, uh, my blue, uh, BMW. So, uh, I take my mom, we jump in, we go up to the very top of the neighborhood, um, past like Carly Santana's house. And, um, so that we can get a look. And as we're like, we drive up and we see a couple of fire trucks and it was weird. Like we <laughs> stopped at one fire truck and I asked him, I was like, Hey, do we need to evacuate? And the guy was like super nervous that he could barely even talk. Like he looked like he had just dropped on like the shores of Normandy. Like, Dang. like it, he, he literally could barely like put together words to talk about what was happening. And I was like, that's kind of alarming. And then, um, we, drive up to the top and you can definitely see glow that's starting to show coming our way and in that five minute period that we stayed up there by the time that we went down this is probably about 9 30 p.m by the time i drive back down the hill to our house um 
every garage door is opening up, right? Like as I'm going down. So I'm like, okay, well, that's not a good sign. So, so we get to our house and I think within 10 minutes, sheriffs are going up the street on loudspeakers, like as if that's the only technology we have to like, you know, deal with this situation, just yelling like, everybody get out, evacuate, the fire's coming, like just telling us to evacuate. So I didn't hear it, but my parents heard it and they're like, we need to go. So at this point, also the power is going out incrementally and I, um, my phone was like dying. It was like, literally, I was like the two to 3% land. Oh, right. No. It's, so dude, power is going out. My phone's dying. So I, I have it plugged in, but it's not charging because power is <laughs> going out. So at this point, my grandpa's like 85 severe dementia, right? Oh, we have no. a, we have a, I don't know, two year old Rottweiler. No, she was like, she was probably, we had just gotten her. She was like maybe a year Rottweiler high energy dog and chases flashlights right so you know power's out so we have flashlights and she's going crazy chasing the flashlights jumping on walls like so we're trying to control that and make sure that she doesn't run through grandpa's legs and just take him out blow a couple acls and (laughs) so yeah it's just like madness right and then so i remember okay so my grandpa bought this house in 1976 just so you can like understand what the meaning of this house is um, my grandpa bought this house in nine. Sorry, it was built in seventy six. He bought it in seventy eight. Oh wow! Him and my grandma lived there the whole time. Uh, she's from Japan, like I said. So the interior, as you know, was decorated with a lot of Japanese art. There was a lot of uh, Japanese jewelry, all sorts of cool stuff that she brought from Japan. That was like super nice. Like she was pretty yeah. bougie, and <laughs> it was um, it was nice stuff that was not something that you can just go replace. Right. Right. And, and it was also from within the family, the the Japanese side. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, she, um, that was basically how our whole house is decorated. And I remember I, um, once I got the evacuation call, I remember going into my room and the power was flickering on and off. So like Mm -hmm. I caught it at a moment that it was on Wow. and I went in and I told my, I asked my, I was like, what do we do? And they were like, just, um, pack what you need for tonight in a suitcase. We'll be back in the morning. Right. Which is like, yeah, fatal mistake. Right. But, um, that's what our thought was because we were like, it's not going to happen. This is how it's always been. You know, we, there's been fires and there's no way our house can burn because we're not exposed to the bushes and we were wrong. But, uh, so they're like, just pack what you need for tonight. We'll be back in the morning. So I go and, turn my light on and I'll never forget the feeling that I had because when I looked at my room, it was as if I had never seen my room before. Okay. So like, which goes into, you need to plan for these things if you live in an area where there's fires because we had (laughs) never really thought about it. So I go in there and I look like, I mean, it looks like a foreign land to me that I, I don't even recognize because my thought process is so different and it's like, you know, what do I want to take right tonight? Like in case the house burns and all I could think about was like money value, which is the dumbest thing ever. So I'm like, <laughs> grab my, like my watches. I guess I grab my GoPro and my laptop. I randomly grab my Cal Lutheran degree worth nothing. And, <laughs> uh, and like, and so, and then I grab like some boots and like, 
a couple, like one work outfit and I pack it into a suitcase. Um, I think I grab like my social security card and like, that's it. Right. And then like I get out of there and then, so I had two cars, so I needed to get one of my cars out. So I took the Subaru and my dad followed me down to like where Dustin Neary's house is down like below Foothill where I thought would be safe, parked it there, drive back up, put my stuff into my BMW and then um, I remember right – oh, and I, I go out in the front and I take the hose and I start um, hosing the house. Hosing the house, yeah. But this is about 10 p.m. and the wind was 70 miles an hour. Oh, but, wow. Like, yeah, it was insanely dry. It was just a very sporadic wind. It wasn't in a constant direction. It was kind of all over the place but really blowing kind of down into our, our, our neighborhood mostly. So I remember just hosing like everything as much as I could. And cause I guess that's what you see on the news, right? Like, you know, that's the thing is like, you see yeah. houses burn on the news every year and you hear the, you hear the, uh, the interviews. Right. And then what do you say in your head? Like for the most part, most people probably say, ah, oh, damn, that sucks. Right. <laughs> Don't <laughs> think like, twice about it. Right. And that's it. And you're like, yeah, that happened to them, but it's not going to happen to me. Right. So, and then all of a sudden, like you're in that situation and you're just like, I guess I'll do what they were doing. They had hoses. Exactly. So that's what I did. And I remember my mom, like I walked back in and we're trying to figure out where we're going to go. And my mom, um, I went to my grandpa's room and there was a picture of my grandma on the wall that was like, she was dressed in like, I forget what's it called. A, a kimono. I think. Oh yeah. Komodo. Or what? Komodo is that what it is? Sorry, I think so. Horrible, yeah, horrible Japanese quarter Japanese person. Right? Jeez, dude, I'm but, more um, Japanese than you. Apparently, I don't <laughs> even know my, my history. But um, so it's it's like a beautiful picture of her in that right, and he had always had it in his room for as long as I lived there. And I grabbed it off the wall, and I walked out. And my mom sees me in the hallway, and she goes, "What? Uh, what are you doing with that?" And I was like, "I mean, I figure we should take something, right?" And, you know, my mom being the faithful person that she is, she's like, leave it. We'll be back in the morning. Yeah, Our house is not going to burn. Yeah, we're going to be back. You know? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So I go back into my grandpa's room and I, t- I put the picture on the bed and um, walk out. You know, then we – so we drive out of there. Um, we take the three remaining cars and we go down to like a shopping center and we kind of like just try to reconvene. And by the time we get down to the shopping center um, – where like two trees cafe is and like uh it was albertson's at the time right there and we look up and it's the first time that we really see the actual flames and it was just like insane like that was the first moment where we were like oh this is different it just got you know? real yeah that's very different than what it was yeah. in previous years and so we uh so from there we game planned. We went down to my dad's work. We started calling around to like hotels. So at this point, power's like out in basically most of the county, honestly. Like it, it was super dark everywhere. Jeez. And so we finally call or we get a hold of because uh, because we also have the eighty five pound Rottweiler, right? So it's like not everybody <laughs> is accepting of such an animal. But uh, we. Um, we get a hold of like, I think it was a best Western at the time. It's in Camarillo, like right off Las Postas, right by my work. Mm. And so the, the owner was super cool. He loved dogs. And we were like, all right, I guess we're staying here tonight. So they put us in a suite and I actually did not stay there that night. Like I, 
I met up with like Richard Thomas and his brother Evan and and then Connor and we kind of like we're driving around in my car driving around the city because I had called Connor and was like hey bro this fire is going your way quick because he lived you know down by you on the avenue yeah on the uh, west side of Ventura and I'm like it's coming to you quick and he's like He's like, no, it's like way out there. I was like, bro, I'm looking at it. It's coming quick. Bro. You, should, you should get stuff together. So sure enough, he gets evacuated. So we all meet up and we hang out for that night. And we're kind of just driving around in my car, um, fire chasing really. And like we have the scanner going. So we're hearing what's going on. Um, there's actually a little fire that started at Patagonia down like, you know, downtown. And yeah. it, was in, it was in a tree. And we called that in and they went and put it out. So I'd like to think I saved Patagonia, Ooh, but uh, <laughs> Patagonia <laughs> sounds kidding. like you uh, have a little hero on your hands over here. That's me. I already <laughs> get free stuff from my brother because he works there. But oh, uh, nice. <laughs> so anyway, so we're just going around, and at a certain point in the night, like wind was changing in so many different directions that you know there were times that the fire was out of my neighborhood, and then there was all of a sudden, twenty minutes later, it's like the fire is like super deep into my neighborhood. So, um, we drive up and I'll never forget this part too. Like we kind of all park, um, up right off of foothill below my neighborhood. And we're listening to the scanner and they, they're like full attack on clear point, 500 block of clear point. We live in the 600 block of clear point. And, um, so we see like 20 fire trucks go past us go up high point, which is, uh, our street. And, and then within like a few minutes, uh, we hear full tactical retreat from clear point. Oh no. Yeah. And then you see every fire truck just file right down high point and just go past us. Right. And, and so I'm like, what does that mean? Right. And obviously it's not good. You don't like hearing that. So I'm yeah. like, damn. Okay. Um, and, Ultimately, what it was is there's 28 fire hydrants up in that neighborhood, and they only had power to three of them. So it's like, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Just right? you're, you're overpowered. There's no way you can even fight it winning. There's really nothing you can do it. Like, it's there's just no water. So, because yeah. the power was out, right? Which is a, a huge issue <laughs> that happened during this fire. So, um, yeah, so we hear that, and then so from there we we go back to Rich's house, and we're kind of just like hanging out, and end up falling asleep on his couch, and then I I wake up to a text at like five in the morning on December fifth the next day, and it's just a picture of our house on the news on fire. And, and was your house? Yeah, um, just oh, a picture of our house engulfed in flames, right? Oh my and, gosh. And it says like, I don't even remember what, I still have all the pictures, but I can't remember if it was like ABC seven or whatever, but you know, it's like LA news. Right. Right. And it's like, Oh, well that's my house that I grew up in for 24 years. And those are flames. Like that thing's gone. So my mom, uh, sent that to me, texted it to me. And, um, I forget exactly what she said. She said something about like, you know, how much we lost. And I remember my first thing that I said was time to rebuild. Like it was almost like almost a relief to see that it burned in a way because okay. like now I didn't have to worry about if it was going to burn or not. Like if that makes sense at all, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's like a crazy way to look at it, but worrying so much about it burning was like 
the worst part. And then once I saw that it was on fire, I was like, all right, mindset change, time to rebuild. Now, now we're set on that. Right. Wow. Almost like closure in a way. Absolutely. It's, it's closure and it's, you don't have to have the anxiety and be scared. Like, Oh no, is it going to burn? It's like, yeah, it's on fire. All right. What's next? How do we move forward? You know? Um, so that was my mindset right away. So then that next morning, <laughs> just to, you know, kick me while I'm down, I, I try to drive up towards the house, but there it's all blocked off. Right. And the wind was insane. I'm like driving, um, to go meet my family in Camarillo just cause I'm like, I gotta be with my family at this point. Yeah. And <laughs> the freeway was just a mess. Cause like there was just debris everywhere from the wind. Um, and I, get a flat tire. So, (laughs) so all of a sudden my tire pressure monitor on my car starts going, you know, like going crazy. And I'm like, all right, just reset it, you know? And then I'm watching my PSI just go down as I'm driving. (laughs) I'm like, this is sick. So I go, I limp my car almost on the rim into my work, which it's like six 45 at this point. So service is just getting there to open at seven. So I drive my car in and it's like, uh, almost on the rim. And, um, yeah, so I, I look and there's a, a big old chunk of wood just stuck in the middle of my rear tire, which is a, it's a meaty tire. It's a fat tire. So <laughs> I like walk inside. I'm literally like smell like smoke. I look horrible. I have the, obviously the only pair of clothes that I pretty much have now and the sweats, Adidas shoes and a sweatshirt that I actually still have. And, um, I walk in and just looking horrible and they have the fire on the TV and people are like, Oh, Oh, look at this. There's a big fire in Ventura. I'm like, yeah, I know. And oh <laughs> I just not wanted to deal with it. And yeah. they're like, uh, they're like, God, don't you live in Ventura? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, wow, where do you live? I'm like in the Hills. And they're like, well, that's where the fire is. I'm like, yeah, I know my tires. <laughs> yeah. <flat."> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tire. So needs fixed. <laughs> anyways, end up spending like whatever, 375 bucks for a tire. Oh. You know, uh, within an Wait. hour and 45 minutes of my house burning down. Oh man, they so, charge you for it and everything, huh? Yeah, it's business. You got to do what you got to do. But um, plus they didn't know at that point. Yeah. So anyways, you know, went to, um, got that handled, went to the hotel real quick. And, you know, of course, grandpa, like I said, had severe dementia at that point. He was really clueless to what was going on. And, you know, a lot, there was a lot of unknowns because it's like, yeah, you have insurance, but you know, how often do you really keep up on that policy? Like, what do you really know? Could you tell me what your policy says right now? Like, no, probably not. So it was like, man, I know we have insurance and our insurance guy is good, but like, there's definitely an unknown of how covered are we or how's this going to work? Obviously we've never been through this. So, um, we, my parents were super on top of it. They went to the insurance, like right there, I think at like 9am that day. And they, they pretty much came home and had the exact like dollar figures for what we were going to get to do everything. Um, so, and that never changed actually. And, and farmers was like so good to us because the Thomas fire, I feel like was like the first huge one. And then now every year we have like five of them. Right. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you know, none of that stuff changed everything down to our adjuster, you know, was just amazing. He was like, you know, anything that you had, I don't care if it was 20 years old, if your fridge was two months old, or if it was 15 years old, we're going to pay you the full price. 
um, you know, for all that stuff. So we're super blessed in a lot of ways along the process. So like other than, I like to say other than our house burning down, everything went perfect outside of that. Yeah. You know, um, the process was surprisingly smooth. It sounds like. Yes. Given the situation, I would say that it went great. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, as good as it can. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, the next morning I went up there and, and again, like I had touched on earlier, like you don't know how you're going to, uh, act or how you're going to react in these situations of adversity. And I went up there. So my brother, I think felt guilty because he was living in LA at the time. So he wasn't there to help or to do anything. Right. So he came down the next morning and he was like, I want to go see the house. Like I need closure. Like I need to see it burnt. And, (laughs) and so I was like, I'll go with you. So at the time they were not letting people through. And I think the national guard was maybe there, if not at least the sheriff's department. So like, they're not letting you through, but we snuck through like through missionary and me and my brother walk up there and, um, it was pretty gnarly. Like you could hear gas lines going off. So you could just hear like, dang, and everything there's a, you know, the chemical burn, like the chemical smell of house fires is so different than just your campfire. Right. Like it smells like you're getting cancer while you're sniffing it. <laughs> like seriously, it, it's it's bad. Like you can tell that it's very unhealthy, and because just think about everything in a house that burns, every single material. So yeah, um, yeah. We walked up there and snuck through, and we stood on the bank above my house, like over on the side of my bedroom, and we just oh, both of our bedrooms actually, and we just like overlooked it, and I have a video of it, and it was like. I was making a joke about it. Like as I'm filming the house that's burnt down and there's still like little fires like going on throughout the house. And I'm like, well, that's, that was my room. Right. But like in the beginning of the video, I make a joke and it's hitting my brother a lot harder because I think he felt guilty. Yeah. But for me, I don't know. I don't even know why I was in that mindset, but to me, it, it, I wasn't like, super upset by any means i was like making a joke which like thinking back am i got am i psycho i don't know but um <laughs> probably probably a different way to deal with your emotions maybe. yeah like i said i to that point i never knew how i would deal with a situation right like that but um ultimately everything uh, went really well we ended up getting so we lived in that hotel with four people in a rottweiler for two weeks and yeah um and then, you know, we ended up getting a rental house that was here in Ventura. That was a, a story in itself. It was like built in 1937, an old ranch house. Oh, damn. And, uh, but it, it did the trick. And then, you know, my parents rebuilt, finished in um, November of 2019. So rebuilt the house. We got to design it, you know, as we wanted. And essentially you get an, a new house. It's a weird way to get a new house, but... That's crazy. That's how it you know, especially too, like on top of because it's it's where your old house was, right? Like that, it was on that yeah, the exact same yeah. exact same land, yeah, same plot. That's crazy. That's interesting. Like, you know, obviously emotions were all over the place. You have the uncertainty of, are we going to go back to the house? You have the stress of, is the fire going to reach our house? You have all this stuff thrown in together. On top of that, you're you got your whole family's dealing with it at the same time. And then, like you said, it's almost like closure for you, right? That you saw this happen. You're like, okay, well, it's done. What's done is done. 
let's let's move forward like let's let's exactly. get going on this thing um and i think that's i think that's a healthy way to look at something that happens something that destructive in somebody's life or devastating in somebody's life you know when you have that kind of mentality toward it you can i mean granted there's going to be situations but you can almost take on anything when when you have that kind of mentality because it doesn't matter what hits you you're looking forward to all right what's the next move we got to we got to make this better or we got to fix this or we got to uh we got to move forward in that direction because if we just move back it's just going to cause a hindrance right it's just right. going to make your make yourself miserable you can go into all kinds of different directions right um and not only that but the fact too that you guys were able to it's almost like symbolic in a way to me because and I'm I don't even think I can put it in words but it's like it all all this all these memories everything that has happened in that house the, you know the family history all that stuff although it was destroyed you guys were still able to build on top of that you guys were right. able to start a new it's it's a new beginning right yeah like a, it's it's and and not only that, like, think about, like, how, like, that kind of statement, building on top of that land, even though something like that happened, it's like saying, like, okay, you're not going to be able to stop us. Like, if this is going to catch on fire, guess what? We're going to build on top of it again. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, if if, if something's going to happen in this house, as a family, we're going to take it on. You know what I mean? Right. So, so that's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and I would say that, in general, my attitude is actually not like this. So, but I think when that happened, it was just like during it for every step of the fire process, it was like, okay, well it happened. I can't control what happened. All I can control is my reaction, right? Like how mm -hmm. do I go forward? Yep. So I can either, I can either cry about it, which a lot of people did. Yeah. And, and rightfully so understandably. Yeah, so, and, and that's fine. It, you know, people handle it that way. But to me, weirdly i never ever i didn't cry it, it was weird because I, I always thought that like that would crush me yeah and um i was actually i surprised myself i guess because i was like there's no other option like why would i cry over it it happened it's not going to bring it back so um but then you know like two years later one night it hit me <laughs> yeah when i was like my grandpa was you know only getting worse with dementia and getting older and stuff. And I remember I had a conversation with him and I, I just asked him one night randomly. I was like, do you, uh, do you remember the old house? And he was like, mm, yeah, I think I remember. And I'm like, remember the one on the hill? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you remember what happened? And he's like, mm. oh, I asked him, I was like, why, why do you think we're in this house? And he was like, uh, it's like, I don't know. We moved. And I was like, well, we did, but do you remember what happened? He was like, Nope. And I was like, wow. you remember the big fire? And he was like, mm, kind of, but didn't get us, didn't get our house. And I was wow. like, all right. And then, you know, and that was just like, probably more so I'm sad about my grandpa, but then yeah. that kind of just broke me down. But um, other than that, I mean, yeah, like the way I looked at it was, you know, there's all sorts of tragedies as far as, you know, a house burning down, a car accident, somebody dying, cancer like so many different types of tragedies that can happen that I think are a lot worse than your house burning down, to be quite honest. Like yeah. 
ultimately, yeah, we lost everything that we owned and all the memories and, you know, 24 years of experience that we, we lived there. And, but at the end of the day, like when I look around, I'm surrounded by my family still and my dog. Yeah. You know, definitely could have gone, could have been worse. Right. And so that was like how I had to look at it. It was like, you know, we're all alive here. We're all good. We're together. We're going to rebuild. We'll get through it. You know, this is something, it's a life experience that we'll learn from. We'll be better for it. And, um, and you know, that's ultimately what happened. So, yeah. And man, I, you know, and I'm like, I'm watching here with like my, my mouth open agape like the whole time because I haven't really, you know, heard the whole story and, and how, yeah. you know, it went down from your perspective and everything. And it's just, it's captivating to me just because for one, and, and I, let me go back here because I understand how your brother felt, um, being in LA, in LA, unable to be there because, you know, he's that close. Like I was over here in Colorado and I saw that happening and I was like, I need to buy a plane ticket right now. Like, and well, I'm sure that your, your mom and, and Damien definitely had to evacuate, right? Well, they were actually on the East end of Ventura, um, off of Johnson and oh, they it, were East end. Yes. Now they are now. If oh, they were okay, on so that, avenue, not, yeah, yeah right. that house that you used to be at would have for sure been oh, yeah, definitely evacuated. evacuated for sure. So they weren't there, uh, in a, in an area with that need to be evacuated. Um, and, but I still felt the, I, I don't know if I'd call it guilt, but the, the urge and the need to be able to be there to support my hometown community. You know what I mean? Like I knew a lot of people that lived where you were, you know, sure. like I obviously knew what you were going through. I knew, um, and not only that, it's like, it's just that feeling like when you know your hometown or your friends or whatever is like in real need of some aid, it's like you just want to help. And that I right. really wanted to do that, but I, I just, I wasn't able to due to like, I was just uh, started, um, I, I was working new hours. I was, it, it just didn't line up and I was, it was, I was life. yeah, exactly. You know, and it's. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but I definitely understand the feeling that your brother probably had. He probably had it magnified because he was that much closer, you know. Right. Um, but so uh, there's that. But then also wanted to touch on here as we kind of wrap this this bad boy up. Um, like so, obviously, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of other people that go through similar situations. Obviously, not everybody has. You know, like you said, it's like you see somebody's house burn down, and you're like, ah. Oh, well, that stinks. <laughs> you know, and you, right. it's not, it's not a, a, it's a unique situation for sure, but there are devastating, um, situations, similar situations that people go through. What advice would you give to somebody that is going through a situation like that, where they're going to lose everything? They might lose everything. Um, someone who's facing an overwhelmingly difficult circumstance, um, they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel by any means. And, I don't, it doesn't sound like you were ever at that point where you're like, this is just, this is terrible. This is gonna, you know, you had a different mentality. I mean, what kind of, what advice would you give to somebody like that, that, that is facing these kind of circumstances? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, my mom and you know how, um, her mindset, right. And she's a very, um, um, devout Christian and, and just believes that, it, you know, one, I think everything happens for a reason, but, uh, two, it's like, you know, we were, we grew up just learning from my mom that like, you know, you trust in God and that's where yeah. you find your right. safety and, and, and peace and everything. And, 
Um, I think that when that happened, I, it wasn't even something that I needed to learn how to deal with. I just inertly knew how to deal with just from that. Like, yes. Um, so, but in general, I think like I had said earlier, like whatever happens, you can't control what happened. Right. All you can control is like, what do you do from here? So it's like, sure. Said thing happened. Are you going to let it crumble you and ruin the rest of your day, the rest of your week, the rest of your life? You know, how far are you going to let this drag you down? And, or you can say, look, this happened. I'm going to appropriately deal with it. Right. Like I'm not saying that you don't grieve. Right. And and give it to grief, but um, you do need to handle that in your own way. And, but at a certain point you do also have to take charge of your life and say like, is this going to defeat me or not? You know, like, am I, how am I going to move on toward, you know, forward from this? And, you know, everybody, I guess can find that in a different way, but, um, for sure, you know, and it's, it's interesting too, that you mentioned how important, how important and how centric of a role like God played in your life, right? Like it was you being taught this, you being taught that from a young age and, and not only that, but like even your mom being like that, that having that cornerstone right in her life that, you know what, I know through God I can get through this. I knew through God that I I can have the encouragement through that because when you have that kind of a source, you know, when you have a source that's not of this world, it helps you to deal with those kind of things. You know what right. I mean? It helps you to deal with a catastrophic event. It has, helps you to deal with something that, that, that this – that and rightfully so and naturally so can cause you to really like crumble. Like you mentioned, you know, you can cause yeah. it to crumble, but like, you know, I, I've said before, it's, it's all about how you respond to that situation. You know, you can respond to and, and crumble and be depressed and, and it could be, it's understandable too why you would do that. Or you can respond and say, okay, what can we do now? Like, let, let's move forward. What, what, how can we respond to this? What can we do? Can we build up from here? Can, you know what I mean? There's, you yeah. can respond in that manner and it completely changes your mentality, how you view something that happens to your life. And I think that's something that a lot of Christians in general, um, I mean, definitely have devastating things happen to them and, and, you know, might go through a slump or depression or these obstacles, but it's when you do have God involved in your life that it truly does help you. It, it steers you and guides you to help you figure out how you can get through it, right? And some things you just have to leave in God's hands because there's no way you can do anything about it. Right. You know? And and it's, it's, it's crushing because you want to do something about it, and, but the reality is it's, it's in the past, and you have yeah. to figure out how to move forward after, past that. And people get hung up there, I think, in that in that in that situation. So I'm definitely I'm definitely glad to hear from you that you were you had that mentality, you know. And I have yeah. no doubt that it definitely was your your upbringing, you know, your mom's influence in your life that definitely helped you have that mentality. But also, you know, who you are as a person, who I how I know you, you know, we we did countless amount of drills in football alone you know? i was just about to go there <laughs> with it yeah you know so yeah i mean outside of just like being spiritual or religious right because not everybody is right um i mean there's also just like i had mentioned earlier i think sports in general and it doesn't have to be sports there's other things too that can teach you a lot of life lessons that will be worthy through the rest of your life so 
I mean, think about in football, right? Like senior year, you know, you start out, you're going into the season and you're like, you have high expectations. You're like, yeah, we want to win league. We want to win a CIF championship. Right. And then, you know, game one, everybody, you know, people get hurt every week. So it's like <laughs> you lose, you know, name whoever, right. Whoever <laughs> you're, you're starting middle linebacker, you lose Clark Carbon tears his ACL. Oh, you man. lose your quarterback. You're you lose your running right back. Now. Right? Right? <laughs> He's probably crying too. But, uh, you know, like adversity happens, right. I think that's a big thing I learned from, uh, from just football over the years is adversity is going to happen. Like no matter what, right. People are going to get hurt in football. Now, now how do you handle it after that? Right. Somebody has got to step up, right? Like your quarterback goes down. All right. Next guy up. Right. Yeah. How are we going to do it? We're going to keep rolling. You got to, what do you do in the face of adversity is I think what defines you as a person. And, um, because everybody can be cool and happy when life's great, but, uh, I think that how you handle adversity and, and come back from that is like what defines you as a person. And ultimately, you know, that it leads to success too, in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure. I uh, agree with you. Can agree with you more there for sure. It's uh, I mean, I remember the first time and this, we're going to kind of go back, might be a little off topic. I don't know, but remember, <laughs> remember no, we're just riffing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Remember when, uh, in the first time dealing with quote unquote adversity, right? It was JV football. We're working out in the weight room. And then all of a sudden you just hear this crash, right? The window crashes and we all look over <laughs> and we see Michael with Michael Henge with his hands looking, just keep working. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude. Yeah. But that's the he attitude, was, right? And he was gashed. He he had to get stitches. I think, right. He was out for a couple of weeks. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but he, yeah. He was cut up from his forearms, his hands, and he was our starting quarterback, you know, and I forgot about that. And, dude. uh, you know, that was the first time was like, Oh, this is what adversity is in football. You know, this is oh, okay. We have to learn how to adapt to a different quarterback on a short on short on a short week because, you know, games are playing being played on a, a Thursday night. I guess on JV right? It was a Thursday yeah. night. He got injured maybe Tuesday or something. I can't quite remember, but like that that and you know a little bit of a funny story maybe. But you know, I was like, oh, this Hilarious. is what adversity is. You know. <laughs> Right. But I mean, think about his reaction to it, right? He didn't cry and he didn't go, what did I just do? He went, he looked at us all and said, just keep working out. <laughs> right. It's like in the face of adversity, how are you going to react? Yeah. It, yeah. Are, yeah. Are you going to cry or are you going to say, keep going? Oh man. I remember that weight room was janky, dude. It, 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 it was so fine. Was. <laughs> it was fine, but it was janky. And now, yeah. now it's definitely upgraded now that we're gone, of course. Everything, dude. They have drones. They have everything. <laughs> they do have drones for Viscom. Solar. It's like a college century. program. Ridiculous. Things thinking wasted all their all their money on this this generation that doesn't appreciate it. <laughs> right. I know. We would have appreciated a lot more, dude. We would have we would have been using that to the max, bro. Oh, this is shoot. how it goes, though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, hey man, I you know we're passing kind of up our time. I know your 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 time's uh, valuable, and so I don't want to waste any more by any means. But uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again, man. Whether it's for a Saturday sit down like I just kind of released last week with some of the other guys, or if it's just uh, for a nice special co-host session, man, we'll definitely got to get you back on and uh, get your perspective on some things. Yeah, man, it's a uh, you know again captivating story, um, but dude crazy that is that is absolute craziness i can't imagine something like that and you know funny thing is is i've thought that like i live in a house now and 
um, in Colorado. And I ha- obviously have my own family, we wife, son, and my grandfather actually lives with us. And, um, you know, and I thought that before, like, what, how, like, what would we do if this happened? You know, if tornado, right? Cause we have tornadoes sure. right here. What if a tornado were to like swipe up our house? Like, what it, like, what am I like, what's our action plan here? Or like, what would I do? You know? And, and it's definitely, yeah. and it's all stemmed from like, from what happened in Ventura, you know, and like what you went through, like, it's funny you say that, like, like, uh, like you're, you know, you're in the shower and you're thinking like, Oh, nothing's really happened to me before, like this, you know? And it's, it's, uh, Jinx myself. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you ever go in the shower now and you're like, I did all right there. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, exactly. I have the opposite thoughts. Yeah. Right, I already lost my house. Let's, yeah, let's right. some good things. Now we, only way, only way to go is up. Now the only way to go is up. Yeah, but I mean, but that's the thing. So it's like now that that happened, right? And I see how that we came back as a family. It's like, you know, something will happen, and then you go in your head, you go, well, "Dude, I lost my family. Or, I don't lose my family. I lost my house, Whoa. my family house, <laughs> and everything that I owned." Right? And look, we figured it out. We made it. We're good. Like we can deal with adversity. You know? That's right. It definitely gives you a, a different kind of confidence too. I guess when something like that happens, I can imagine. You know, you definitely have that confidence. Like, okay we can do this. You know, we can battle this. We can take this on if need be. God yeah. forbid it doesn't happen again, but right. need be. we know how to, we know how to take care of this. But, um, well again, man, I appreciate you giving me the time, telling me your story, um, learning some new, some new things, man, learning some new things about my, my good buddy here that I apparently did, wasn't that good of a friend to cause I didn't have his life. <laughs> but no man again i appreciate you um sharing that man and, and giving us some sound advice for from some own personal experience man that's uh that's what we're all about here right overcoming some adversity overcoming some obstacles and getting better uh and improving ourselves through some of these experiences and uh man i tell you what your your story is inspirational man i'm sure there's other people out there that need to hear it that need to understand that look the only what the only thing you can do is look forward to a different way to build up and go get over this obstacle, right? You you can you can build and learn on top of this devastating event. You can still move forward from that. You don't have to get caught in it. You don't have to live in the past. What if could I'm sure you probably like you you said you had that garment in your hand, right? The Komodo. And you're like, yeah. I'm sure there's probably things that went through your mind, your mom's mind, right? The coulda, woulda, shoulda like everybody everybody has when something like this happens um but you know what like you like you said and you're the example of just got to move forward man you just got to keep on going so yep again man i appreciate you taking the time brother um of course anything else you want to add no thank you for having me um i love doing this stuff so i'd love to be back and you guys were talking about Conor McGregor the other day. It made me really want to talk about it. So definitely <laughs> have me on for one of those. <laughs> there we go. Saturday sit down. Coming soon. All right. It. All right, man. Thanks, Jimmy. You're my boy. I absolutely love you, buddy. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely, you too, definitely have you back on soon. Tony Flo, we are.